presented by Facebook. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Manavolan. Now that the BIF has passed, we'll talk about President Joe Biden's next big battle. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. It was all smiles and selfies at the White House yesterday as Democrats celebrated passage of the bipartisan infrastructure deal. But rising voter concern about inflation has cast a shadow over Joe Biden's victory lap. The White House has tried to frame the president's agenda as a long-term answer to inflation, but a pair of stories this morning in Politico explain why that's probably wishful thinking. Politico's Jeff Greenfield lays out how inflation has kneecapped past presidents again and again, and they've been unable to do anything about it. Quote, presidents have almost no power to ease the pain of inflation, and the voting public cuts presidents no slack at all because of that impotence. John F. Kennedy and Lyndon B. Johnson tried to jawbone companies and unions to hold down wage and price increases, but to no avail. Richard Nixon imposed a 90-day freeze on wages and prices. Inflation nevertheless spiraled to 11% by mid-1974. Gerald Ford tried to address double-digit inflation with pep rallies and feel-good rhetoric, calling for farmers to plant more crops or vowing to prosecute any price fixing. It didn't work. And Jimmy Carter's attempt to lower prices by appointing a Fed chairman who led a historic tightening of money supply led to quote, a recession more severe than any since the Great Depression. Economics reporter Megan Casella reports this morning that inflation is shaping up to be the wedge issue of the midterms. Republicans are having a heyday with Democrats' claim that spending trillions of taxpayer dollars will help stabilize the price of gasoline and consumer goods. And at the New York Times, Michael Scheer writes about reality setting in for Biden after his bipartisan win. It's not just inflation. It's about his low approval ratings, fears of losing both chambers of Congress next fall, and United GOP opposition to basically anything he does from here on out. You can catch all three of those reads in today's playbook. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 9.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 11.15, Biden will depart the White House to head to New Hampshire, where he's scheduled to arrive at 1.45. There, he'll deliver remarks on the bipartisan infrastructure package. And at 3.25, he'll depart New Hampshire to head back to the White House, where he's scheduled to arrive at 6.25. Vice President Kamala Harris will deliver remarks at the Tribal Nations Summit at 4.40. Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates will gaggle aboard Air Force One on the way to New Hampshire. They'll also meet at 10 a.m. today. SBA Administrator Isabel Guzman will testify before the Small Business Committee at 10 a.m. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. to take up Graham Steele's nomination to be an Assistant Treasury Secretary. And one last thing to get on your calendars for Friday. Tough luck if you're a House staffer or reporter. Lower Chamber looks like it could be headed for yet another late night or weekend session as Pelosi lays down the latest edict on Build Back Better. No Thanksgiving break until the House passes the bill. The CBS said Monday it'll release its full score of the package by Friday. A number of moderate Democrats have said they need to see those numbers before voting on the bill. As our Hill team reports, Democrats hope they could see the score as soon as Thursday. But Assistant Speaker Catherine Clark told reporters that if worse comes to worse, they could see a Saturday session. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Munaval and have a great Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. 
but working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety.